and also turn off oh, whoops we are recording all right guys welcome again to another episode of the ryan show i'm of course ryan i am joined this is the third time i've done this i've had a, a, a another <laughs> wtl um a, a fellow wtl dj uh, um joining me today on the podcast laura b welcome to the podcast Hello. And um, it's kind of, you know, at this time last year, it was cold, but we had nothing to look forward to at this time last year. You know, we really right. had, we had nothing. We had nothing. I remember last year, it was super cold and super depressing. And yeah, we had serious freezes and yeah. Yes, serious freezes. I remember, um, the second weekend of what was supposed to be parades, I had gone down to the quarter and it was so cold. And you know, I ride my bike. It was so cold that I could feel my, I literally thought my toes were gonna fall off of me. <laughs> That's how cold it was. And I remember I did to, uh, I did Mardi Gras there. I went, rode my bike around to see some of the house floats. And I think I did, I think I made it made it as far as Fonte Blue because I live on you know I stay on Carondelet so I made right. it about as far as I could I tried to do it at what I thought was the warmest time of the day and it was still bitterly cold it was still what? bitterly cold like how did you spend <laughs> last Mardi Gras season the, the the Mardi Gras season without parades how did you spend Spend it. I mean, I know you went to the uh, crew of Jonah Ark when we had our tableau, mm -hmm. and I know you had sent me a photo, and it just looked like I was looking away from something. I don't know. I looked at it, and all I could do was laugh. Y'all were moving around and walking around, and we were driving in a car, so I probably caught you moving in one direction while our car is moving in the other, and we're just trying to flash pictures out the car window. <laughs> So. Right. And, 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 you know, and that was like one of the few times I've been over to the West Bank. Uh, and it was also the same day as the insurrection. By the time I got to like, I want to say by the time I got to like the, the, the ferry, I, I rode my bike over there. I um, had gotten on my bike. I had just left the, uh, the terminal on the other side of the river when all the stuff happened. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, wow, they someone really did this. They really trying to like turn overturn the election by doing this stuff. But apart from that, Laura, it was it was great to do that, but it just felt so weird being across the river doing Joan of Arc. I can imagine things were really very different. Like I, I had, did Mardi Gras in a very different way. I participated in the crew of house floats. So I kind of worked with the ladies that were running the West Bank crew of house floats. So I occupied myself by taking um, Dom's class on professional carnival prop making and learning how to paper mache um, Dom, you know, Dom, DJ Dom, um, mm -hmm. Domatron. Um, so I took his class in December of last year and I proceeded to build a pirate paper mache pirate ship house float, which kept me busy and occupied instead of, you know, 
doing like sewing costumes and doing the things that I would have been doing to get ready to go to Mardi Gras. I was also still making music shoes because I figured in some way, shape or form, shoes were getting distributed, even if there was no parade and that actually ended up happening. So that happened in two ways. And one was for Crew Amuses, the day of our parade uh, last year, we got up and we got dressed, some of us, and we volunteered and we went to all the area hospitals and groups. I went to West Jeff since I uh, live on the West Bank and that's where I received my care. So I decided to join the group at West Jeff, all in costume, like we were getting on the float. And our job there was to present shoes to employees of that hospital that went above and beyond um, during the pandemic or just at their job there. So there was a king cake party and it was really, people were so excited to receive shoes. So it felt good. And it still gave me that, you know, deadline to complete shoes by this day, because when it, you know, need to have shoes ready and then making those employees that have worked so hard, um, so happy to get a shoe. Um, and then later that night, uh, one of my float mates and I, she made a gigantic foam red glitter pump and put it on top of her jeep and we drove around the parade route giving people shoes and old throws that i had accumulated over the years and we just saw people out on the street uptown and just randomly gave them things so people were extra excited to get a shoe when you know there wasn't supposed to be a parade so those are the muses things i did for carnival season and then i had my own house float here which i did back to the crew of house floats. I, you know, people have to have their Mardi Gras cups here. You know how that whole thing is. Yeah, people I got were freaking like, out. I think, you know, I think that was the thing that kind of like blew my mind because I didn't have like, when I moved away from my house on La on Washington and Loyola, I had about 45 to 50 uh, go cups. And I had to give them away when I moved away because I did not know where I was going to go. Uh, I did not know where I was going to move to. And I had to give all of my go cups to my then neighbor. And he still has them. And the reason, and, and, and I was like, Oh my God, I can't even collect any koozies. You can't, no you can't get your new supplies. I can't get, get my supplies. new supplies. I mean, why go to the store? Why would I go to uh, to Walmart and buy cups when all I gotta do is just wait until February to get my own, my new, you know, my new brand, my, you know, my new- In New uh, Orleans cups. Fine China. Yeah, I need to get my <laughs> Fine China right when, you know, right, you know, right when uh when that happens and um it was just so weird and i think the one thing that i think i shared this with you but i you know i stay right on the parade route like i literally can walk outside my place and i'm right on saint charles and the very first week of parades um i had called a friend of mine and I said to my friend that I did not want to move out of bed. Like I did not want to move out of bed when um, that weekend came up and I did not want to go up to St. Charles and look at St. Charles and look at St. Charles just being a normal street. It was Empty, just something yeah. 
it was just something I was just not used to. And on the, the very next sat the very next day, Saturday, um, I rode my bike down St. Charles coming from the CBD. And I'm thinking, okay, this is all a, a you know, this is all a bad dream or whatever. Maybe this is all a, you know, just a dream or something. I go around the circle, the traffic circle, and I make that right going towards my house. And instead of beads being on streetcar lines and people celebrating, tailgating, I just see cars passing, going this way, going that way. That was when I realized that this whole thing was just it was so wrong and it didn't and, and like I like I kept saying to someone it didn't have to be that way and I think the thing that I think that helped me was I looked up all the old photos I took from the last five years during Mardi Gras and every photo I found it made me feel a little bit better because I knew deep down this doesn't last forever. We're going to be back. We're going to be watching again. I'm going to be on St. Charles celebrating with my yeah. friends and my neighbors. And we're going to be doing that in just a few short weeks. Oh, yeah. I yes. have no doubt. Maybe a little bit different. You know, we're certainly going to have to be more careful and things like that. But um, we'll get back to dancing in the street and barbecuing in the street and all those things that make Mardi Gras, not just beads, you know? So hanging out we, with your friends. So we shift gears to talking about this year's um, muses. Uh, have you all decided on who's the Grand Marshal going to be? That announcement has not been made. I haven't gotten that yet. I don't know who the band is going to be for our after party or what the after party plan actually is at this point. You know, we have our amusement after the parade. Mm -hmm. And it's usually a big name act. I mean, we've had Nile Rogers, we've had Sheila E, we've had Pat Benatar, we've had Joan Jett. So um, also the, the crew does local bands. I mean, we've had Trombone Shorty and, and other locals. So I don't know who it's going to be or even if they're going to have that because that's an indoor event, you know, sort of it's the sugar mill. That's kind of a Indoor, yeah, that's more like in, indoor outdoor thing. I would think that yeah. they would have it because it's indoor outdoor thing. But I think, you know, when people started seeing all this stuff about, uh, you know, um, the crews being COVID, uh, COVID conscious, they had told us, uh, Joan of Arc, that we had to show proof of vaccination or a negative test. And I told someone I didn't mind. I'm not a fan of mandates, but if I want to do this, I'll have to follow. The, I have to follow the rules. Um, what ways are muses is muses? What steps are uh, are they taking muses? That is, uh, in terms of how they seat people on the on the on the floats how they have you know how you know space and all the social distancing stuff how, what steps are you guys taking the only steps that i know of thus far is we do have to be vaccinated and we've already had to send in our proof 
as I recall, I didn't pay as close attention to this since I am vaccinated, but I'm not sure that providing a negative test is sufficient. I think I feel Everybody like the requirement was vaccinated. I'm, I'm, I don't, don't exactly quote me on that folks, but um, yeah, we do have to be vaccinated. Possibly you can show proof of a negative test. They haven't given us any guidelines on a float and I'm not really exactly sure how you would ever be able to social distance on a float just the way right. the layout is. There's 40 women, 42 women on a float. You're on top of each other to get to the bathroom in the beginning because there's so many beads, bags of beads that are, you know, there's no standing room. You're, you're walking on people's stuff. So you climb over bead bags to get to the bathroom. You may have to like hang on to somebody so you can climb over a mound of beads in the other direction. So, you know, and you have to help each other out because it's dark out there and you might need to have, get help getting your bags off the floor because they're heavy. So, yeah, I mean, you can't do a huge amount of social distancing. And what right. I'm curious to find out is we already have to wear the eye mask. You know, that's required by the city. You don't wear your face mask your eye mask, um, not to be confused, you know, your Mardi Gras mask, that's a $250 fine from the city if you don't wear it. So you have to wear that. So that's taking up this part of your face. I'm not sure if we're going to actually have to wear masks, even though we're outdoors. Just I would not, I was, I would guess not. I mean, because, you know, you, you're outside, you're outside. And I, I mean, yeah, it could go either way, I guess. I mean, but. I haven't seen it, you know, anything from anybody. I know with Joan of Arc, I didn't even go to Joan of Arc because I got sick. Um, and I don't know if you remember, I got sick the day before the parade. Yeah, I do remember. And I was like, fuck, man. I was like pissed off. I was really pissed off because I had been pumped up. Since, yes, you prepare. Like, since I have been pumped up since last year. I'm like last every year. everything in terms of being in terms of being Mardi Gras ready for this year. Got vaccinated, got boosted. Everything that I had prepared, all my training, it went up in smoke. But then I also realized that um it's not going to be all for naught because we still got the big parades to celebrate to celebrate i just got sick it wasn't COVID. it was that the weather had changed it went from 82 degrees one day and then all of a sudden it's 45 degrees it's yeah. 45 uh 45 40 degree you know 45 50 degrees and that wind and stuff coming off the river yeah it wreaks havoc i'm it's damp and wet down here where I live in Gretna. It's like swampy. And when it gets cold like that and foggy, I mean, it's just a recipe for getting sick. I will say this. I will say this. I love when it's foggy. I do love when it's foggy. I like looking New at Orleans. it. I like looking at it. I like taking pictures of it. Yeah. Uh, but when it's cold, I really hate it. Like I had went uh yesterday i had went to the cbd to do some work and one of the things that i remember happening was that my hands had gotten so cold and i was like can i had basically said on twitter i was like look can someone Venmo me some money so i can go and get um some gloves 
So I go to the Walgreens on Canal, the Walgreens on Canal and Barone, and then I go to the CVS on Canal and uh, Carondelet, and they didn't have any gloves. All they had were all they had was the exam gloves. That's all they had. So so I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, this city doesn't get it doesn't get cold that often here in New Orleans. And I had went down to Portrus and magazine to pick up an order. And by the grace of God, Laura, listen to this. There was a glove that was on the ground and I ended up getting that glove. I was like, look, I don't know whose glove it is, but it fits, I'm using it. And I got one warm hand, that's all. Yeah, one. I got enough. one warm hand, but the thing about it is I'm right-handed. If it had been a left-handed glove, it would have been okay, but it was a right-handed glove. So you like, could really I'm, ride your bike. Yeah, you could yeah, really- Yeah, I could ride my yeah. bike, but then it's very tough, like, it's very tough, you know, tapping your screen, your phone screen with the glove because oh, well, you know, it doesn't it, work. It, 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 yeah, it doesn't work. So I have to take off my glove. I have to take off my glove to tap, to unlock my phone. I, I can hold the phone. I just can't, you know, unlock my phone. I don't do the whole face ID thing. I don't. Yeah, but, I don't have that. But it was just, it was complete hell on earth yet, uh, yesterday. I know. Uh, dealing with that cold and it's even worse well, it at was night at night it's worse because when you're on canal when I used to work at Lucky Dogs I worked there for like five or six months when you're on canal street at one in the morning there's a lot oh, of mystery, wind yeah. a lot of wind but there's no shield from that wind no, it goes straight up Canal Street. It comes right off the river. It just comes right up the ferry landing. And, yeah. Yes. There's no kind of protection, no nothing. Mm -mm. Now, during the summer, it's a little bit okay. But in the wintertime, it's hell on earth. Yeah, you got to get out of that. You got to get on the street where it's wind blocked. Right. That's like how I learned to like navigate the quarter. You got to either go with the streets that run parallel to the river or perpendicular to river, depending on what the, the wind's doing. That yeah, like, like, I, like bourbon, bourbon is okay. Uh, Decatur isn't because Decatur is on the river. Um, I would say bourbon is okay. Um, this section, the section, like, like the 400 block, I would say the 400, the 500 block of like of the streets, like the ones that are like, two or three blocks away from the river i think until you get to like royal yeah like royal charters and the indicator like three blocks from the river i think that i think those those blocks are are very challenging uh for for people in the wind uh, can you imagine can you imagine what it was like before you had all the big buildings surrounding it, you know, a couple of Ooh, years ago? I, it would have been, it would have been, it would have been, it would have been hell. I would have been like, uh, imagine? I would have been like this, uh, oh, hell no. I'll holler at y'all later. And there was no, I, no, no air conditioning, no air conditioning, no heat, no heat, nothing like no, that. Nothing. I was like, muddy streets. Oh, Lord. Can you imagine? The 
could you imagine how people on social media, if there was social media back then, talking about um, infrastructure, muddy streets, potholes, yellow fever? Unbelievable, yeah. It would have been it would have been chaos. It would have been chaos. But uh, today you uh, participated in the record raid, which was at the, yeah. I believe, the New Orleans Jazz Museum, uh, not the New Orleans Jazz Museum, but the New Orleans Jazz Market. Um, oh, is that was the Howling Wolf this time, actually? Oh, it was at the Howling Wolf yeah, this time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so how was it this year? Like, last year, we didn't have anything like that. Mm-mm. It was crowded. There were people waiting. There were a good 30 people waiting to get in at 10 o'clock when the doors opened. And there was a steady stream of people when I left by 1230 from 10 to 1230 was a steady stream of people. All the tables looked relatively crowded. Um, It was really nice. And there was a bagel pop up in the den of the Howling Wolf. So there was bagels and coffee. So and then the bar was open since, you know, it's getting on lunchtime. So it was a nice venue. People were able to get things to eat and things and um, look at records, buy records, saw some people I knew. So I think it was very successful, looked very successful. And people were still rolling in when I left. It was going on till five o'clock. So. Yeah, so it's still going on right now. Yeah. Uh, last year, we celebrated the return of live music in New Orleans. And I know you of all people were just extremely happy. And of course, you know, I'm the calendar coordinator for WTUL. And, you know, I remember when I took over uh, as calendar coordinator, I was like, man, I hope we can get this thing under control and uh, under control enough so I could actually put uh, concerts on the event calendar. Like, cause, because right. for there the most nothing. part, for the most part, when I started, uh, Laura, when I started, I was putting like vaccine events right. on the on the on the calendar, just because kind of I PSA wanted events. Yeah. Just because, and the reason why I was doing it was because I wanted people to get vaccinated. I'm like, dog, I want to party again. I want live music again. <laughs> what was the first place you went to in this city? when live music returned tipitinas tipitinas of course i mean inside i did some outside in the street things like you know street performances a balcony performances but a first real i bought a ticket and i'm going inside to see a show um was tipitinas and and who did you go see at tipitinas uh preservation hall jazz band Okay. Before they, they hadn't reopened the hall at that point. And this was when tips was still doing sit down only. You couldn't go to the bar yourself to get something. There was a uh, table service so that, you know, you just stayed in your seat and kept your mask on and you had an assigned table. So that was like, it was a show, but it wasn't quite real in that, you know, that wouldn't have happened before. So the next time I went to Tipitina's, it was the psychedelic furs and it was business as usual, stand in room only. The place was packed. It was a sold out show. And then a week later I went for tank and the bangas and it was packed out of control. And that was almost a little too normal at the moment. It was so crowded, but um, 
Yeah, tips all three times. I did make it to the Civic too, but um, tips for the win. Of course, One Eye Jacks wasn't open yet. Yeah, now one, it's now the Toulouse. Toulouse Theater. Yeah, the Toulouse Theater. They uh, reopened and everything. And uh, I know for me, I've been mainly just doing the, the porch concerts and stuff. But, you know, it's been so cold. It's been so cold and, and, and everything. I really haven't thought about going back out and seeing some of the... Uh, porch concert because I really love those porch concerts I know they're fun that's what I've done and I've actually tips did some outside um, yeah I so remember I just that. go park sit on the neutral ground go then when it's done go to Rouse's get my groceries and go home on a Saturday afternoon it was actually kind of a nice Saturday morning they did some morning things where and they had hey cafe vending yeah, hey cafe of, ended up uh closing their uh, yeah. magazine location I love going to K, uh hey cafe and stuff um, what do you think in terms of the future of live music in this city? Uh, cause I think it's still going to be here to stay. You know, everyone's yeah. saying, you know, this is the new normal. I'm like, dude, there's always, there are things that's going to be part of your life for as long as you live. But I also think at the end of the day, uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that this is the new normal where you have to show vac proof of vaccine to go to a concert or anything of that nature. Um, I'm not, I don't believe that's going to happen 20 years from now. You know, nobody can predict what can happen 20 years, uh, can predict what will happen 20 years from now. Uh, everything is always just one day at a time. But in terms of concerts, in terms of live music, here in New Orleans, uh, what do you think or what do you hope um, for the future of live music here in New Orleans? Well, what I think is, um, I don't think this is the new normal. I think that performers and musicians want to perform in front of a live audience. And I think actually probably need to, or at least some of them need to. I mean, I think that's part of being a performer is that you, you need to perform and you don't want to perform in a mirror. You want to perform for people and you want to hear that immediate feedback of your audience with applause or even booze, you know, whatever it is that gives you the feedback. So we've got, you know, no shortage of immense talent in the city. Um, I don't think whatever causes such incredible talent in the gene pool in the city is going to stop. We're, you know, we're going to continue to have extremely talented local people that need places to play. And they're going to continue to be music lovers like me and you and the people that come from out of town to hear New Orleans live music. I don't, I don't think that's going anywhere. It might've just been on pause for a bit, but I would imagine that's, that's going to come back. Some of the clubs, you know, we might see some changes there. Some have closed, some have changed hands. I, I mean, one eye Jacks is now Toulouse, but apparently Ben Jaffe of Preservation Hall has a hand in that. So that's good news. So it makes me think that venue will stay there. What, um, what I hope for is, is that the kind of music and bands that I like that aren't New Orleans born and bred type of music, that we start seeing more of those shows coming around here. Because when I look at, bands announcing their tours 
there's very few that stop here. Now, that's always been kind of a problem where a lot of big bands wouldn't come here. And if you wanted to go see them, you'd have to go to Houston or Florida or, you know, Memphis or just somewhere in the vicinity to go catch them elsewhere. But um, it seems even more are skipping now. And I wish that we'd get back on the calendar of a lot of groups in the future. Um, so, but I, I can't imagine that we aren't going to have live music as usual. And I don't, I, I, it's hard to say, like you said, what'll happen, but I can't imagine you're going to have to show your vaccine status forever, you know, maybe the next year or two or so, but at some point that's just not even going to be relevant anymore. You know, mm -hmm. I would think, I mean, cause we don't have to show polio vaccines or any of those other kind of things, you know, measles or whatever, you know, cause that's all, that's all in maintenance mode, you know? So I'm sure. I don't know. That's a guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, like, as I say, nobody can really, you know, no one can really like sit and predict the future. I just think that, you know, you, you, um, you focus on things one day at a time, uh, one day at a time you, and, 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 and you just focus, um, on things one day at a time and you keep it moving yeah. uh uh the thing uh in terms of in terms of what i was going to ask in terms of jazz fest uh we have the return of jazz fest who are some of the artists <sighs> that you're excited to see well that's funny i this morning when i was working at record grade um i was working with shannon you know dj disco nap and her and I had this conversation and we both had the same reaction to the schedule. It's like, I've seen most of those people. I mean, I love Elvis Costello, but how many times have I seen him since 1970 something? How many times? And uh, I don't, you know, I love Willie Nelson. I've seen him a bunch of times. I would like to see him again before he moves on to another realm. But I think I'd rather see him in a building than outside for acoustic reasons, you know, just to hear that that voice in a different way, because sometimes outside's not the best, but it's an OK schedule. It's not bad, but I can't say that I'm overly excited about yeah, I think I think Steve, I mean, Stevie Nicks has performed at Jazz Fest numerous times. Yep. Um, yep. I was very shocked that John Batiste wasn't performing. At oh, he's Jazz not on there. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know. I don't he's not on there. He's just on the uh, he's just on the uh, poster. The poster. He's on the poster. poster and he's not out there. Okay. Uh, Interesting. I'm very I'm very curious to see about, you know, the Neville brothers. They're gonna be uh, you know, Aaron Neville retired. Um right. I'm very, you know, very curious to see how that's gonna look. Like how that's gonna look in terms of you know the Neville Brothers closing Jazz Fest, but I think that the closing the closing set for Jazz Fest, I think this year, I think they now, I think it's Tum Trombone Shorty that does. Oh it yeah, now. he's he he um he earned the title as as closer a couple of years ago, maybe two or three years ago. Yeah, he, he, I, I want to say yeah. the crown, I guess you'd say. Yeah, because here's the thing um laura and i never told this story 
I think you and I, you heard this story. You remember this. Uh, in 2020, I was set to volunteer for Jazz Fest. If you recall, I had went uh, to the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Museum. It was for a conversation. I, I don't know who it was. Gwen Tompkins was in charge. She was the MC. No, I know she Gwen. Doing, I went to high school with her. Gwen was uh, doing the, uh, the Q&A, and I forgot the lady's name. It was uh, March 11th, 2020. And right when I got back on my bike, they had said that the NBA, they had shut down the NBA season. They uh, canceled, I wouldn't say canceled, but they, they shut it down. And I was like, wow, really? And then I think two or three weeks later, I learned that they canceled Jazz Fest. And they were like, we're going to move it to the fall. And they were like, oh, we're not doing moving it to the fall. We're going to we're going to sit out a year. And then I did not think it was going to be another year that they would do it. I did not think that they were going to cancel it last year. I thought they were going to have it this, this past year. Yeah. They ended up canceling it. And I was like, oh my goodness. I had, you know, two years ago was my fifth year in, uh, here in New Orleans. And I was so sick to my stomach that I couldn't celebrate my fifth year in, in New Orleans by volunteering at Jazz Fest. Cause I did it before, did it before. Yeah, I did a long, long time ago. I mean, in the nineties, I used to volunteer at Jazz Fest. That was fun oh, times. Darn. Oh, darn. oh, darn. I don't know what was that. So, one last thing, WTUL, uh, how long you you've been, I think you've been at WTL, what, 10, 11 years, about, <sighs> about 11 years? No, more than that. Let's see, summer of 2007. So you've been there like 15 years. Uh, it will be 15 this summer, yeah. Okay, yeah. so, okay. Um, mm -hmm. I know this week was National DJ uh uh, we celebrated National DJ Day uh, a few days ago. What has been some of your huh. greatest memories as a DJ at WTUL? Oh, there's been so many. Um, well, I'm going to have to keep it kind of general in general categories, I think. Some really great memories are the fun marathons in the marathon show. That that time at WTUL is a lot of fun putting on the marathon fundraiser and doing the 24-hour DJ support, you know, on site. Those are all memorable and, and the shows that go with them. I really love teaching apprentices. So that's always something that's, you know, important to me. And I met some really great people along the way in the last 15 years and it's it's fun to stay in touch with them on facebook it's one of the nice things about social media like i'll meet someone when they're a dj they're maybe a freshman at tulane well now that's been 15 years right so mm -hmm. you know they're they're well into adults they're into their careers and you're still somewhat connected to their life even though they've left new orleans and they move back on or some of them actually stay here and you run run into them around town so it's a really nice way to meet new people and keep connected 
with um, with the younger college set because I don't have kids, you know, to do that. So um, I really do enjoy that, and I um, has some great memories for me. Let's see what else. Um, finding just finding cool stuff in those stacks is just amazing, actually just digging through, finding something really interesting or weird with a weird review on it, playing it and somebody calls you and is just over the moon thankful that you actually played it because they knew what it was. It's like, what are the odds? <laughs> so and Yeah, I think some of the things that, you know, I, I've gotten a few of those calls as well uh, in the time I've been at WTUL. And I think some of the, call, some of the callers are just amazing to talk yeah. to. Uh, it was a guy named Charles Brewer that called and uh, I had told him, I say, well, Mr. Brewer, I'm playing your uh, group, your music group, uh, Charles Brewer Trio. I'm playing them on the, on the show. And he was just over the moon uh, about it. Yeah. And there are a lot of people. Uh, it was a lady named Sidibe. Uh Sidibe is from Louisiana. And I had played her new single on my radio show. And I had tweeted, I posted on Instagram, like the playlist. And she was just completely ecstatic. And I think uh, being able to meet people and some of the people that I grew up listening to, like Kenny Lattimore, who um, I grew up listening to, he did a, a he, he did a, a um, he did a, um, what was I going to say? He did the station ID for our station. Yeah. And a yeah. lot of people, a lot of people don't know who Kenny Lattimore is. You know, people like me know who he is. But, you know, having those connections and those opportunities, those, those things have been really rewarding for me. And I'm excited about Marathon and, and, and excited about the future of our station. So am I. Oh, and the biggest thing, the biggest best memory ever is the one I didn't mention, and that's having live interviews and band performances. Yeah, the live some of those have been amazing. Yeah, some you know some of those uh, interviews. I think I I always had like the six a.m. show, uh, six a.m. Yeah. six to eight a.m. But but bands I'm aren't also, really looking to come in and be interviewed at that time, right? But 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 <laughs> I've also had I've also been able to interview people um, when I was on air at six in the afternoon, at 6 p.m. in the afternoon, or at two o'clock in the afternoon. So I've been able to interview people on the, uh, on the, on the air and everything. So um, it's been rewarding and, and I'm excited for the future. I think we're going to have a great marathon this year. We're oh, going to start our planning. I know we have our first um, historical committee meeting Monday night, so we should get our uh, our agenda of what we want to do and plan for the 2022 marathon. So it should be an exciting time, and hopefully we'll have all of our wonderful marathon events that we know and love, like 24-hour DJ with us non-affiliates there to support, and, you know, help out and have live club shows because I appreciate the effort for the, the video broadcast shows, you know, the streamed shows we did last year, but it's, it's not nothing like same. doing a lot. It's not, it's just nothing like doing a live one. I think I was part of the Q and I think you had, I did the DJ. I never seen the yeah. video with me and the DJ interview thing. I never seen that video. 
I don't even know where that video is. I just know there was a DJ Q and A right. last year, but then I know you and Forbes had interviewed me, and I'm pretty sure a few others. Um, and I don't know if that ever made it to the WTO archives. Is it part of the the digital archives at the university or not, or anything of that sort? We'll talk about that on Monday because this is pretty much what happened. So we probably did 25 interviews or so. I did most of them, but other DJs were helping us doing interviews too. So you know how long that took. Some of the interviews went on longer than planned, hour, hour and a half. Not all the material, you know, you can't air those interviews in their entirety and keep people's attention all the time. So they really need to be edited down. So we needed a lot of manpower to kind of go through them, maybe edit them down, maybe create some tags and say, you know, at, at the one minute mark, Ryan mentions muses. At the one and a half minute mark, he mentions this. So we could at least know what the subject matter of the interviews was. So we could tag them so people could go find them. So all that work needs to be done. We tried to get, you know, marathon hours fulfilled to, by having people view those videos, edit them, tag them, but how much of that got done before marathon was over. And then, you know, we change hands and get a new marathon director and things start all over again. So you kind of lose continuity. So we're going to have to pick that back up on Monday because yeah, the, the interviews were fabulous. I had so much fun doing those meeting past two lane DJs that went on to have, you know, careers in the music business and such, but um, if nobody else gets to see them or hear, I mean, hear them because they were audio only, um, it's kind of a shame. So we do need to put them somewhere where you can go see your interview or share your interview with your family or your friends, because um, that's why we did them. So, you know, we'd have them for posterity and sharing. So we have to do that. Right. And I can let well you know. Laura, thank you so much for dropping by the podcast, folks. The podcast will be up on tomorrow morning. Laura, thank you once again. Folks, thank you for your time this time. And until next time, we will see you down the road.